happy it's happened and now I've done it and uh, hopefully it'll help other people come along and uh, do as I did, you know, try and try and do the best for, to get rid of this terrible thing. There you go. Margaret Keenan turns 91 next week. She's the first one in uh, Britain to get the vaccine today as they're starting to jab people in the arms in Britain. And hopefully we're going to here in the United States here in the next week or so. Um, the rollout has begun in, begun in the free world. we got more on that coming up later. There's some good news out about the vaccine, too, that just uh, crossed the wires. We'll get that to you this hour. Excellent. Uh, gosh, I just came across this headline. I can't believe it. We'll have to get to it later. But uh, the state of Cal Unicornia just disclosed that the state disbursed as much as, well, they think it's probably $2 billion in fraudulent pandemic unemployment assistance to state prisoners and their accomplices. Awesome. $2 billion. So it's that much now? Huh. Because it was... It was, it was uh... Meanwhile, you got, you know, your various haircutteries and... and and restaurants and whatever, small businesses, mom and pop shops that can't get any government money. The paperwork just won't go through. Oof. Yeah, that's rough. It really is frustrating. But keep depending on the government to build you a utopia. That'll be great. Oh, speaking of which. Oh, yeah, that amount of money could kept a lot of businesses open. Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, well, a thousand million is a billion. So you could have given a million dollars. Well, how many business, small businesses have a million dollars in revenue? Well, that, that would be profit in essence, although you'd have to pay taxes well, on it. You wouldn't it. need near anywhere near a million dollars to yeah. save a ton, ton of these businesses. So you could save thousands and thousands of jobs and businesses with that money, but at least they're trying to root it out. Anyway, uh, it, it is uh, really disappointing to me, borderline shocking, that the, the great, the wonderful city of San Diego happens to be the biggest city in America with a Republican mayor. Um is uh, the uh, San Diego Unified School District has fallen under the sway of the radical left. And they're now forcing teachers to attend white privilege training in which teachers are told, you are racist. You are upholding racist ideas, structures, and policies. The training begins with, let me click over here to this document that uh, the great Chris Rufo has uh, uncovered. You have to sign this. We acknowledge that we meet on stolen land taken from indigenous peoples. I'm speaking to you from Kumeye land. We must acknowledge uh, the hidden history of violence against indigenous people in an effort to move toward justice. That's at the beginning of it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, you're a, Why do I have to acknowledge that to be a school teacher? My, I, mean, I, I realize it. I'm not denying it, but uh, what's that got to do with being a school teacher? They are then told that they will experience guilt, anger, apathy, and closed-mindedness because of your white fragility. You're forced to watch clips of Robin D'Angelo and Ibram X. Kendi. The trainers tell the teachers, you are racist. You are upholding racist ideas, structures, and policies. If you haven't read any of this white fragility stuff, one of the hilarious parts of it, the, the, the way it's a no-win game is, the more you're upset at this, the more it's proof where they can nod their head and say, oh, boy, you, you're even more racist than I thought. Yeah, you're a serious racist. The more and you think you you're say, not. I'm a racist. Well, clearly you just said you're a racist. So you're a racist. If you say you're not a racist, it's even more proof you're a racist. Exactly. Because you're in such denial. And this, the whole point of uh, the uh, critical race theory thing is you can't solve the puzzle. That's the whole point. You're not supposed to conform. It's a way to get to brand you guilty so they have power over you. It's a pure power play. And at the beginning of the critical race theory thing, uh, they were open about it. 
They're just trying to tear things up. They're not trying to solve anything. They're just trying to seize power. But so uh, you've got to say the whole school system is racist and you must commit to becoming anti-racist in the classroom, which means it's like, you know, following the party line in communism. You just do whatever the power tells you. The teachers are told they're part of an oppressive white power structure. The trainers claim that white people in America hold most of the power and that white teachers have an ability to thrive that's being preserved at every level of power. And teachers are told they must become anti-racist activists. They must confront and examine their white privilege, acknowledge when they feel white fragility, and teach others to see their privilege. Here's the problem. According to, this is back to Chris Rufo, only 47% of San Diego Unified students reach proficiency in reading and math. Teaching white fragility will do nothing to help students improve their academic abilities. will only serve activist teachers who want to shift the blame to systemic racism. And we've reported in recent days that the same San Diego Unified School District is dropping a lot of their discipline policies. They can't suspend a kid for being openly defiant uh, or disrespectful in class. They're going to change the grading. Uh, it's 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 amazing to see this. It's horrifying, but well, the expert in America on this whole anti-racism nonsense and how a, what a dangerous it, a danger it is to society is James Lindsay. And man, if you don't follow his Twitter feed or read his book, it's just it's 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 scary. But it's it's definitely worth knowing. His he hated Trump, but he was going to vote for Trump because he was concerned that Joe Biden, his administration would be an accelerator pedal for this sort of stuff all across America. And I think it will be. And I think I think a lot of it is not coming from a bad place. I think a lot of people just don't understand what it means. When you hear uh-huh. an anti-racist thing, oh, it's sure, I yeah, I'm I'm anti-racism. I'm I'm all for fighting racism. What do I need to do? But it's it's you're you're confused. You don't exactly understand what it is. Well, and that's one of the keys. They they manipulate language. That's not only do they change definitions so they can get in the door. Like anti-racism is a perfect one. Who's not anti-racist? Only a racist would be uh, not anti-racist. Um, but they change it to, you know, fidelity to this crazy uh, Marxist set of ideals. That's what anti-racism means to them. And then they pick apart everything you say. You've heard the term problematic, right? Ah, that term is problematic. Well, that's their strategy. They just nitpick through everything you say and write, find Find a phrase, intentionally misinterpret it, and then inform you your intent doesn't matter. It's how it's received. If it's received and and the person takes offense, well, then you were offensive. It doesn't matter your intent, which is really a hell of a standard. So if I say, gosh, I think it might rain, to somebody who's a paranoid psychotic and they go out and kill their local weatherman or something, that's on me, according to critical race theory. It's just, it's insanity. And they're indoctrinating the kids and the teachers and the college students. Oh, my God. I would, I would, uh, you know, I know this is a, it's a tough thing to do because I just did it. I, but I couldn't let my kids go to a school where they're being uh, fed that garbage. I mean, that is just awful. I was reading, I was reading uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday in the USA Today, they had an article about um, textbooks through the 60s and 70s that came out of the South. And presented a certain view of the Civil War and slavery that was favorable to the South. I grew up with those textbooks. Mm-hmm. And I've had to recognize that I have a real uh, a blank spot or had a real blank spot in an understanding of slavery and the Civil War because of what I was taught by, in these textbooks. Mm. Because what you're taught as a kid, 
you just take it in as, okay, that's what the world is. Right. Because you're a child, and you assume the adults are telling you what it is. And you have to be moved off of that It takes a lot of work. Of beliefs, Even yeah. knowing that I was being misled, it takes a lot of work for me to recognize that I was misled in what things I was taught that aren't exactly right and that sort of thing. Right. It's the way the brain works. It's hard to fix. Mm-hmm. And so it's dangerous to have poor little kids going into school, whether they're black or white, teaching these kids that white people are by nature racist. They're born racist. They're being racist toward you right now. They're holding you back. Anything you don't have is because of that white kid. That's not helping the white kid or the black kid. Oh, no, it's insidious. And, of course, it's going to drive a wedge between them, obviously. yeah, It's just, it's as awful as anything could be. You can teach young kids this. Oh, my God. You look back back at our history, you see racial politics. You look at uh, Myanmar, where they're slaughtering and uh, and deporting and oppressing uh, the uh, Rohingya people. You look at uh, China. There's some good uh, ethnic politics there for you. They're putting uh, the Uyghurs in concentration camps. The the last thing we any society needs. Well, you could mention Rwanda, where the Hutus and Tutsis were slaughtering each other just because of the tribe they're in and who had power and the rest of it because of tribal politics and. A lot of people on the left are trying to get tribal politics written into law. I mean, just just in carving it in granite that you must vote by race. And it is one of the ugliest things you could possibly do at a society. And they're trying to indoctrinate the kids. Horrifying. So fight like, this. If you're a San Diego teacher, I, I realize it's really, really hard. Sure. But you got to resist this stuff. Yeah. And again, easier said than done if, you know. If you're in whatever your situation is to just blow up your career or move or whatever or risk it. Um, but if, you, if you're in any of these classes and you can get us screenshots of any slides or uh, any uh, paperwork they hand out or whatever, we would like to see it, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Shelby Steele just passed away, great economist, uh, professor, um, great writer, a uh, black man. who He died? Uh, yes. I didn't hear that. Do I have the right? No. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. Wrong conservative black economist, Walter Williams. Oh, okay, there you go. Just passed. Yeah, I did hear that one. Yeah. Shelby Steele, alive and well. Yeah. Sorry, Mrs. Steele. <laughs> Probably gave her a heart attack. Uh, anyway, but uh, he was writing, uh, he has spent his entire life looking at government programs um, and how they've affected black America, the black family. And he is utterly convinced they have decimated black America, the would-be feel-good, we're-going-to-help-you programs. Um, and he, he, he went, uh, you know, into his final days and he lived, I believe into his nineties and was still teaching, um, believing that there's nothing more insidious than this race-based stuff. But. Oh, it's, uh, it's scary. And I think, I think in the coming presidential administration, it's going to come back to all your government, uh, agencies and all that sort of stuff are going to have this training. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, I just took our uh, harassment training here at the radio ranch. Yesterday? Learn anything useful? Yeah, gave me some great ideas awesome. for how to harass people. It's important to keep your game sharp. Right, right. Stuff I hadn't thought of. So, it's good stuff. Jeez. <laughs> well, um, you'd have to have an IQ of 55 on some of these things. They're unbelievable. All I take, and I think most people take from those company trainings that everybody does, is, boy, the lawyers run the world. Because this keeps them out of trouble. Right. This, this smoke show, smoke and mirrors show. Right. That I then sign, so now they're off the hook if I do anything. Right. Lawyers run the world. Hey, baby, I'd like to throw you on the desk and fornicate with you right in front of our coworkers. Was John right in what he said, or <laughs> did he harass Jenny? <laughs> Press the box that you believe to be correct. <laughs> Jeez Louise. 
Yeah. Anyway, more on that. Uh, break, yeah. break dancing is now an Olympic sport, and uh, they're okay. going to have the Olympics, I think, if the vaccine gets out uh, the way it's supposed to. And we got more on the vaccine rolling out, including some good news that just hit the wires today. So stay tuned for all that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I'm going to play a little something from Good Morning America uh, that gives you an idea of what uh, people who watch morning television are, are up to. <laughs> we used to be on television. Yes. I've told this story many times, but we used to be on television and uh, on the radio at the same time. And you could tell within two words whether the person calling was someone who watched on TV or listened to the radio. I was going to say within five seconds, but they yeah. sound their 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 dumbness leaked through the phone like that. Uh, <laughs> is how a lot of the calls yeah. start. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but now now some of those people were radio listeners who thought, hey, before I leave in the morning, I'll I'll have the screen on so I sure. can see the fellas. And, but yeah, uh, radio uh, listener calls would start with. Guys, I heard what you were saying about, you know, the the bank fraud, and I think what you're forgetting is, and then the TV viewers would be, oh, you guys, um, <laughs> um <laughs> the, the bank thing, you know, what? What, yeah, what are, are you trying to say, sir? We were on TV for years when we were young and handsome, but now I'm all gnarled up and... Oh, in HD? Can you imagine? Oh, terrible. Just, no, no. You wouldn't terrible. put anybody through that. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm watching Good Morning America. Here's a couple of little teasers for you. Hey, TJ, a lot more coming up, including Lori Loughlin's daughter, Olivia Jade. She's breaking her silence about the college admission scandal that put both of her parents behind bars. Okay, there's one. <laughs> so do they have research that say people are endlessly fascinated with this TV star who cheated her kids into college? Sean, do you have a comment? Duh. Are they actually? Yes. Do you know anybody? Absolutely. You know people that are just, oh, so her daughter now finally speaks out. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. If she said, I'll come to your dinner table tonight and tell you the story, I'd say, I I got things to do. Yeah, I said, the COVID and everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you got that. And then this one. Plus the eye-opening new study about a major COVID concern. What you need to know about airflow in the car, which windows should you have open and how it can make a difference? So it says which window you leave open in your yes. car can make all the difference. Yes. Do you know what the answer is on that? I, I, didn't I take have the time. studied the airflow of various window combinations throughout my adult life. I'm a student of this. Do you know which window I should leave open? And why, why is this helping with COVID? Why am I getting COVID in my car? Because you're riding with people. Oh, I'm riding with people I don't know. I don't ever do that. Or, or well, people with the vid. Doesn't matter whether you know them or not. Um, you got to have the right windows. Even open. if, like, I'm picking up my son from school? Does he have the vid? No, I don't think so. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. Right. <laughs> I guess this is while riding with other people. Okay. I don't know. Well, I'm not but going to do Every that. smoker knows if you want the air to vent out right by you, you open your window mm. a crack. And uh, and if you open the windows on the passenger side as the driver, uh, like a few inches, the air circulates through the car clockwise. Okay. Unless you're in Australia, then it's reverse. Exactly. And and they drive backward there, too. Um, it's weird. And, and so, you know, you don't, as the driver, you don't want to open those windows or, or the vid at all just blast you right in the back of your head. <laughs> speaking of your the, ear holes. Speaking of the COVID, this just in from the FDA. Pfizer's COVID vaccine is highly effective after the first dose, 
So even after what? the first dose, you get a lot of resistance to COVID. So nice. that's very, very good news. Excellent. Yeah. Because I, I thought, and I think a lot of people thought, okay, you get the first shot, and then we got to wait another three weeks before people get the second shot before we're really getting anywhere. Nope. After the first shot, it starts to really do some good. Excellent. Way that to is, go, Pfizer. <laughs> that is good news. So I'm happy to hear that. Super. Um, I've been looking a little bit into the races in Georgia. You yep. know, there are cable news channels going uh, big on this every single day, and it's important. I mean, control of the Senate uh, rests in the balance, but mm-hmm. uh, we can talk a little bit about that. The Both races, you know, are you going to listen to polls? They were highly wrong, but the polls currently show the both races within the margin of error, mm. which is uh, means it's completely up in the air. Yeah, after the whole Susan Collins thing. Maine, where she didn't lead in a single poll, then won by what was it, ten points or something? Yeah, like that? pretty just, handily. Yeah, just blew the uh, the other person away. The one just, Republican win, woman, uh, Loeffler, whatever yeah. her name is, the uh, the tall drink of water with the long blonde hair. Yeah, Lori uh, Loeffler, five eleven. So what? She and her husband own the, <laughs> the own the most expensive house in Atlanta, which is kind of interesting. Oh, is that the right? most expensive house? I think in the entire state. Wow, not cheap houses there. No, no, no. they are very, very wealthy. So well, that's and, kind of... and the other guy, David Perdue, is the chicken uh, guy, chicken magnate. I wonder if he's going to watch that KFC movie. Secrets <laughs> out, chicken man. <laughs> yeah, if he has oh, a scandal, they oh. got to play that clip. Secrets <laughs> out, chicken man. Somebody's got to use that in a debate or something. <laughs> Secrets out, chicken man. You're answering to lobbyists. Secrets out, chicken man. <laughs> did Fantastic. you just quote the KFC movie? I did. Armstrong and Getty. Show. We still got a couple of weeks before we get to the uh, Georgia runoffs, which are hugely important. And obviously, I, my personal politics, I really want the Republicans to win. So you got to check on uh, the Biden administration, and you have divided government, and and crazy things can't happen. So that's right. really what I want. The um, uh, the Republican woman who's already a senator, Kelly Loeffler, she just became a senator a year ago. She was appointed because uh, the the guy they had before had health reasons. And stepped down, so when that happens, your governor just appoints someone, and that's how she's never had to win an election to become senator. Right. And um, she is the richest U.S. senator, which is saying something, wow, because a lot what? of U.S. senators are really wealthy. DiFi's worth half a billion dollars, well, at least. The, at least. That, the, 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 that's not $800 million, mm. which she and her husband are, are worth, and uh, he's a lot of it. She, she made a ton of money on her own. Uh, they they both got married later in life. He's a lot older than her, but he her husband is the chairman of the New York Stock Exchange. Holy cow! Does that pay well? And um, he's a big deal. And they live, as I mentioned, in the most expensive home in Atlanta, fifteen thousand square foot estate named Disconte. Um, uh, my estate don't got a name. <laughs> if your if your home has a name, you're doing well. I've but, always wanted a, a, a house with a name. Because it doesn't really have to be an estate. Oh, no, but... of course not. I did that in my last place. We called Rube Holler. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. was you know appropriate. It was good. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I can't come up with anything. Uh, but she's been uh, flying on this super fancy, expensive private jet around and everything like that. And some people are holding that against her. I don't hold uh, success against people. It, it, it's no. weird. What's weird to me is um, that that is something you have to overcome if you're successful. It's amazing Trump was able to do the way do it the way he did. And uh, and reach working class people because Mitt Romney and and lots of people that went out and made money on their own. You just get killed 
for having been successful. But if you go to D.C. and then get rich, which is almost certainly slimy on some level. 100%. The fact that you're a public servant and you went to D.C. and ended up rich, which they all do, nobody bats an eye at that. No, so you're you, a public servant. So you're to be admired. So if you start a regular person, go to D.C. and somehow you and your family magically end up rich? Yeah. That is fine. But if you start rich because you were smart and started a business or whatever, that's evil. I find that really interesting. Uh, Interesting is one word for it. Insidious. Maxine Waters' daughter gets paid a quarter million dollars a year from Maxine's uh, campaign funds for doing something or other. She must be really good at it, making a quarter million. Of course, that's the story. Virtually every congressperson, every senator has their whole family on the payroll through your campaign contributions. Oh, uh, and speaking of homes, I thought this was funny from the the Babylon Bee had one of their funny headlines. Gavin Newsom issues double stay-at-home order where you have to stay in a smaller house inside your original house. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, oh, you know what? A couple of things we need to talk about. Number one, how to buy property on the moon. Yes. And with China planting a flag on the moon recently, you really want to get in early before the uh, the pre- it'll be like Boise in a couple of right, years. There goes the neighborhood. We got communists now. Well, right, exactly. But you want to get in early before you know the the real estate prices skyrocket. Uh, that also this uh, Chinese spy who is targeting in particular California politicians. Well, no, that's not true. She made her way across the country, but uh, she was uh, a close associate of uh, Eric Swalwell. Who you remember ran for president. Swalwell. Swalwell. I backed him mockingly for about a cup of coffee. But her methods and everything. And she was the femme fatale. She was the honey pot. The honey trap. Oh, really? Sexy Chinese gal. Yeah. How she operated and who she got to to go along with her nefarious schemes. All that stuff's really interesting. Uh, What else? All sorts of good stuff. But... I, I'm I'm just reading about this the the prison jobless scam bilking in this case uh, well they believe it's happened in, in all sorts of places but California is so poorly run it's one party it's a one party state it's it, it exists to enrich public employee unions uh, mostly and uh, and because uh, a lot of Californians hated the war in Iraq and hate Donald Trump. Um, it's a one-party state. The Republican Party has practically died in California. It's showing signs of life, but I wouldn't you know, hold my breath. Anyway, um, in late November, you may remember this, a group of California district, district attorneys made the stunning disclosure, according to the Sacramento Bee, that the state had dispersed as much as a billion dollars in fraudulent pandemic unemployment assistance to state prisoners and their accomplices. A billion dollars in about six months. And that was uh, called at the time the biggest fraud in California history, probably in U.S. history. Right. Now, the bank that handed out the COVID-19 money, Bank of America, said Monday it has uncovered fraudulent activity activity covering more than 345,000 different accounts and I'm quoting their uh, their head guy. Our assessment is that there is activity consistent with fraud in these accounts on the order of approximately $2 billion. $2 billion in the space of a few months. Uh, the new B of A letter sheds dramatic new light on the extent of a massive fraud ring, mainly based in the prison system, that has embarrassed Governor Gavin Newsom, if he has the capacity to be embarrassed, uh, and, and the State Employment Development Department, 
Uh, let's see, flipping now. It's an old-timey newspaper. you got to turn the page. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the district attorneys are calling it the biggest fraud case in California history. I mean, obviously. It's um, probably nation in the nation. The Employment Department was blasted by the DAs for being slow to respond to red flags. They were responsible for handing out the money. And this was money that was supposed to help people during the pandemic. And it's taxpayer money. It's actually borrowed taxpayer money. So it's $2 billion plus the interest payment to someday pay it back. Um, so uh, the district attorneys say prisoners uses contra- used contraband cell phones to have girlfriends, wives, and others outside accomplices apply for unemployment benefits on behalf of thousands of inmates. They would figure out their personal information and, and get uh, tons and tons of checks sent to their home. And there are red flags aplenty, according to the uh, the DAs, too. God, I wonder how many... So the money was going into the accounts of uh, uh, inmates' girlfriends and friends and stuff? Yeah, exactly. They would they would apply, in essence, uh, for unemployment benefits for every guy on the cell block. They would, they would join with their confederates and uh, figure out these people's personal information enough to apply for benefits in their names. And then all get sent to girlfriend's house or whatever. I wonder who's the individual uh, champion here. I mean, if you've, if you got $2 billion washing around, you might have somebody out there that got $80 million. Yeah. Well, it's hundreds of thousands of fake uh, accounts. So, yeah, some, some guy and his girlfriend who got a couple of brain cells to rub together. Yeah, absolutely. They could have stolen many millions of dollars. Uh, in total, the bank distributed $105.1 billion worth of pande- pandemic assistance in the form of 8.2 million prepaid debit cards the as company, of November 21st. The company you work for, if you uh, f- fill up a tank of gas on the company card, they're going to catch it somehow in the computer system. Oh, exactly. Because they're not wasting any money in yeah. the private sector you work for. The government, when it's your taxpayer money, ah, if $2 billion go out the door, what are you going to do? Well, I know Sean's a betting man, and I'm a betting man. Uh, if they gave out $105 billion worth of these prepaid cards and only $2 billion of it was fraudulent, nah, I'm willing to bet a substantial sum it's going to be more than $2 billion. It could be three, four, five, six, ten. Who knows? Unfriggin' believable. That's something. Keep voting for the same party, folks. It'll straighten itself out. It's unbelievable. Jeez, that's stunning. What a waste of money. And I'm a little jealous that I'm not clever enough to think of a scam like that. You know, these prisoners. Guys, guys, turn that intelligence to legitimate purposes. You have a long, successful career. Unless the government shuts down your business. Joe, old notions of what constitutes an Olympic sport are being turned on their head and spun around for the Paris 2024 Games. Which oh, it's in Gay Perry. Surely will happen. Tokyo this summer, allegedly, right? Allegedly. Yeah. And that's a winter Olympics or summer Olympics? Burr. And if it's in the summer, it's probably the summer Olympics. I believe it's the summer Olympics. That's, in Japan. that's some solid reason right there. Well, what are the ones Sherlock in Paris? Holmes. What are the ones in Paris in 2024? That's uh, summer. Another summer Olympics? Yeah. Okay. The 2022 will be the winter. I have no idea where that is. Brick dancing became an official Olympic sport yesterday, along with skateboarding, surfing, and sport climbing. All added to the Paris roster. Sport climbing. I'm guessing that's like parkour, right? Have you seen that? Where yeah, oh, it's yeah. A stunning. Yeah, yeah oh. the videos are amazing. 
Oh, that's what it is. So uh, maybe that's that's me guessing. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, I haven't seen so any official word on that or something like that. We're hooked on the sitcom New Girl, which is on Netflix, mm-hmm. and the one guy Schmidt. Like if he's all excited, he's just parkour and runs up against the wall and kind of flips <laughs> off. Yep. <it>. yep. <laughs> so that's what he's saying. I never understood what the hell he was talking yeah, about. Yeah. Parkour. It's yeah. essentially what Jackie Chan used to do in movies three times a year, where oh, you, okay. you would use a ladder and run up a wall and then hop over to a fence, and now you're on the oh, roof of the building next door. Now that's extra funny. Yeah. Um. But so yeah. I don't know. Does this well, bother why not? people? I don't, no, it's it's fine. The the break dancing's a little odd to me. Just all the dancing stuff. It's it's obviously they're just trying to get ratings and young people to watch. But it's, it's clearly a physical I mean, thing. It's different gymnastics, yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, it's different gymnastics. And and hurling a spear doesn't have that much utility these days. But I still like to watch the javelin. I, I would like to temper expectations. If you think this is going to be what I so. America convinced the world to add snowboarding to the Winter Olympics because I feel like we wanted to pad our medal count. Well, because we're so good at it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think we have the best stoners on Earth. I don't think there's any question of that. Uh, Jamaica's probably got some good ones. Eh, granted. Um, Are they snowboarding a lot? I think skateboarding, we will pad our medals. But I think if we're assuming that we're just going to walk up to the podium on surfing and breakdancing, we need Hmm. to check ourselves a little bit. I I think there's there's more international competition in those than we may realize. I got to think skateboarding could be the way basketball used to be for the United States. Like, wait a second, that's our gold medal. That's our sport. That's our gold medal. Nobody's winning a medal other than us. In skateboarding, right? There's got to be a lot of dudes feel that way. No, 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 no. What are you? What are you talking about? Other countries. <laughs> uh, so just dancing now. Well, they already had ballroom dance. It's, just, oh, it's a think, series of contests called the Olympics. I think skateboarding could be freaking awesome. Yeah. Some of the stuff that they oh, yeah. do on skateboarding in my local park is—I can't take my eye off it. So in terms of entertainment, oh, it'll be fantastic. Well, the snowboarding, which is relatively new, is some of the highest ratings. Uh, rated stuff they have in the Olympics. They got to dump some I, of the I don't old ones. I want to miss it. I love it. Get rid of rhythmic gymnastics. Run around yeah. with a ribbon on a stick. Got to get rid of that. That's it. break dancing. Seems like a lovely replacement for that. Yeah. Exactly. The Chinese want all those idiot gymnastics competitions because they pad their medal count through those. Uh-huh. Run around with a ribbon on a string. They scorch down grown up women and yeah. call them fourteen year olds. Yeah. Now, if they introduced waxing as a sport, the Brazilians would would win. <laughs> Dominate most. Uh, you know, most years. Can only assume that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it started out. It didn't make any difference to me whether the X1 flew into a million pieces or not. See, because I couldn't do anything about it. So we have put it out of your mind. And you do that in combat. We realized that the so-called sound barrier really restricted us from going any faster. And once we got the F-1 above the speed of sound and smoked on out to Mach 2 and then beyond, so we realized, hey, this opens up the whole universe for us. Yeah, there was a belief that uh, Chuck Yeager died uh, yesterday. Very, very uh, old guy. Um in his 90s, and he uh, was the first to break the sound barrier, and then nobody knew if that, that was even possible, if it was physically possible, or what would happen if... If your innards would just explode or something. Yeah, if you did it, what would happen to you? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry, Chuck Yeager died, a very, very old guy. <laughs> I had something a little more 
formal. Than you probably that, could do probably yeah, could do much more better than that. One, yeah. one of the greatest Americans yeah. we will ever see passed away. Yeah. Military hero, scientific hero, uh, role model, an incredible guy. I was not trying to be dismissive. Oh, I, know I you ended were. up being dismissive. Yeah, well, I ended up happens. being very dismissive. Yeah. I had on my mind the science aspect of sure, it. I get it. The get speed it. of sound aspect of it, which. Uh, <laughs> Which was what he was afraid of. That was what he was talking about there, because nobody knew what was going to happen if, like, you if everything just disintegrated when you when you crossed the 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 speed limit. Right, and that was his whole thing. I can't worry about that stuff. I got a job to do, and that makes sense to me. You'd have to you'd have to either decide oh, I'm not going to do this or I'm going to do it. And if you're going to do it, you just have to, like he said, put it out of your mind. Yeah, because what good is it going to do you? I was looking through a bunch of Chuck Yeager quotes, and, and that was his character. That was as dismissive as a thing could possibly well, be. I was thinking about the speed of sound and not uh, him as a human being. You know, I'm not going to have you do my eulogy if I pass. <laughs> so a guy who did a radio show died, I guess. And uh, anyway. anyway, radio is a funny thing. The frequencies, the AM and the F. And the so the thing about callers is <laughs> yeah, you got to ask him to get to the point quickly. Oh, geez. So um, oh, geez. I was struck uh, this morning as I was digging through all the news of the day. There were a couple of stories about Instagram influencers who are uniformly hot chicks who show you a little bit of their boobies or more. And uh, then they sell you their skin cream and their their baubles and their bangles and their clothes and whatever. And they make a lot of money. But in the one case, the gal was running some sort of a pyramid scheme and got murdered for it. And in the other case, this gal violated some other law. And, and, and it just struck me listening to various interviews with Chuck Yeager, who, who bristled at being called a hero. He said, I just I had a duty to do and I did it. I do my job. I do it as well as I can, but I'm just doing my job. And the stories about him are legion. He was shot down over France uh, during World War II and he he found his way to freedom. uh, And then he insisted on returning to his unit, even though after you're shot down and have to escape the Nazis, generally they sent you home. And he said, no, 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 no. I got to go back to my job. Um, And so he did that. He's really an amazing guy. But and and part of its cultural norm, you know, the time he grew up and the rest of it, but a guy who, who achieved the amazing things, fought in four wars, for God's sake, and said, no, don't don't pay tributes to me. I'm just doing my job. And the contrast between that and look at me, 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 which is, you know, virtually all of society these days, nonstop. It's, it's a striking contrast. What year did he break the speed barrier? Nobody knows. The speed of sound? I shall find out. He will look that up. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that if you didn't know that pre-internet, unless you got a encyclopedia around, you ain't going to know. 1947. Wow. Yeah. What always amazes me about that is so man first got off the ground in 1903. 44 years later, you're breaking the, the sound barrier. He was That's tw- amazing. He was 24 at the time. Wow. You That's a young man. My favorite Chuck Yeager quote. The first time I ever saw a jet, I shot it down. Well, yeah, because the Nazis had jets before we did. Son of a. Yeah, I know. I don't think I knew that. The clever Germans. Yeah. You want another quote from uh, from the great man? Why not? The flight itself went as expected. Uh, we'd been having a lot of trouble with fires in the tail of the airplane and igniters that wouldn't work. Fortunately, they all worked that day, and, uh, and we pushed the thing out. And really, uh, once we got the mock jump on the mock meter... We got our first sonic boom here. Then it almost was a letdown. You know, if the damn thing didn't blow up. And what was what was the story? He'd he'd injured himself the day before the flight, 
And really, he couldn't have gotten cleared to fly, but his was buddy Was it the horse riding him. thing? I remember watching the movie The Right Stuff. Yeah, he'd fallen off his horse? Yeah, that's how the movie The Right Stuff starts. Yeah. Which is a great movie if you've never seen it and features him in uh, the starring role. Oh, yeah. Two nights before the scheduled date for the flight, Jaeger broke two ribs when he fell from a horse. How many ribs did you break, Arnold? I don't remember. <laughs> Do we still have that quote? Uh, to, uh, the, uh, he was worried that the injury... I broke six ribs. That's right. Oh, that's, that's unfortunate. Four, yeah. That'd be three times as many ribs. He was worried that the injury would remove him from the mission and reported that he went to a civilian doctor nearby Rosamond who taped his ribs. He only told his wife, as well as a friend and fellow project pilot, uh, Jack Ridley. Uh, On the day of the flight, he was in such pain that he could not seal the hatch by himself. So Ridley, uh, Ridley rigged up a device using the end of a broom handle as an extra lever to allow him to seal the hatch. Yeah, if this tickles your fancy and you you don't already know all this stuff, the movie The Right Stuff is fantastic. The book by Thomas Wolfe is absolutely great, and you'd learn all about Chuck O'Yeager's exploits. The aircraft that first broke the sound barrier had to have its door closed with a broom handle. Mm. (laughs) That's low tech, man. That's analog. Wow. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say. Uh, Really, really an amazing guy. Uh, Oh, do we have time for this? No, we really don't. Uh, We'll get to it in a minute, though, or or three. Uh, This... How a suspected Chinese spy gained access to California politics and actually spread across the country. And some great features on, uh, was it Brett Bear's show last night? Oh, and Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. About how thoroughly China has infiltrated the United States. Oh, it's frightening. And what powerful allies they have on Wall Street doing the bidding of the Chinese communists. That is frightening. And, and true, And true. Yep. Armstrong and Getty.